0: Welcome to Her Life, wisdom and tips for every woman. I'm your host, Emily Rogers. Life is often characterized by seasons of transition and self-discovery. This series is about sharing stories, experiences, wisdom and practical tips for women, no matter where they are or what they're doing right now. We will hear from extraordinary women who have walked different paths and emerge with insights and inspiration to share. Let's dive in. So welcome to Her Life, this special series. I am really, really excited to introduce you to Alex Alexander. I met Alex a few weeks ago and we had so much fun getting to know each other. I really wanted her to come and join us here in this special series because she's a speaker. She's the host of a podcast, Friendship IRL in real life. And she's an author with a book coming out in early 2024, Are We Friends Yet? I love Alex's passion. It's all about exploring the dynamics of community and friendship and how that affects our daily lives, looking at what works and what doesn't. And Alex, Alex's examples are so relatable and so In tune with what we need to be thinking about as humans, as people, but especially as women. And I'm really excited to have Alex here sharing her wisdom with us today. So thank you, Alex.
1: Emily, thank you so much for having me. We had such a lovely chat last time. I'm really excited for today's episode.
0: And I am really, really excited because we're going to think about friendship slightly differently today. And we won't dive into that yet. I just want to explore a little bit first with you, Alex. Why do you think making friends? and be difficult?
1: Oh, well, I think there's a few things here. One, I think we quite often talk about friendship as something that you do earlier in life and that you kind of like collect all the friends you need and then you just work really hard to hold on to them. And In doing that, right? When we're younger, we're really in practice with this kind of like muscle of being social and putting yourself out there and making connections. Cause I really do think it's, we should think of it like a muscle or like a habit or a skill. And when you aren't regularly working out that muscle of your social connection, it can feel pretty awkward to put yourself out there to meet new people. And to kind of push against that norm that you still want to meet people, you know, I say we make connections. Well, let me rephrase that. We only stop making meaningful connections in the grave.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Every time we go out is an opportunity. Yeah. So it's all to say, I think it's hard because one, we're out of practice. Yeah. And two, a lot of people are just kind of walking around thinking like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I've, I've made those friends when I was younger and I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. But when I start talking to people, so many people Mm. slowly, quietly tell me like they, they kind of make a, um, I say sometimes that my dms or my email is like a confessional right people kind of confess like I really am not super happy
0: yeah 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 and and I guess that leads into what we want to focus on today so Alex and I through our conversations we've tapped into something that we've noticed happening and that's as we get older later in life we actually struggle more and more and what we want to focus on in this uh, episode is really that mid to late 40s, maybe you're in your 50s, the kids are starting to leave the, lead the nest or they don't need you in the same way. It's harder to be a part of the school community in those last few years as well. And then maybe you're also facing retirement. So you maybe don't have the workplace connections either. A lot of women in particular are struggling. Is that what you're saying, Alex?
1: Yeah. I had somebody use the phrase, you know, you don't have the schoolyard friends mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. When you would go and walk your kid to school or the bus stop or wherever you drop your yeah. kid off, uh, you know, like before school care, you would see parents, other parents at that time. So when your kids started to get more independent and you don't have those schoolyard friends anymore, yeah. that's hard on a lot of people. I've also heard the retirement piece. A lot of people make their friends at work. And when you think about both of those, there is something in common, which Mm -hmm. is proximity and consistency. You go to the same place regularly and you see these people. So a lot of us are making friends because of the places we go. Now that's, quite often how most people have made friends their whole life. You know, you did that as a kid, you made friends at school or in your neighborhood or on the soccer team you signed up for in college, people in your dorm or in your classes or on the sports team or in the club. Same with work. You go off to your workplace and you meet your coworkers. Maybe you meet a neighbor or two. We're very used to just kind of passively making friends Mm. wherever we go. Mm. And I like to remind people the joy of being an adult is you can choose where you go. Yeah, yeah. Like now is a beautiful moment in life to think a little bit about what kind of friends do you want to make? What kind of interests do they have? What kind of activities do you do together? And then go put yourself in those places.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And find like-minded people, yeah.
1: And find like-minded people.
0: Yeah. Do you see a difference between men and women?
1: Hmm. So what I hear from most people and what I've seen in my life is, and I guess maybe I'm, I'm very passionate about men's friendships. I grew up in a single father household and I actually was on the men's crew team in college. So I had a lot of male friends and a lot of societal messages tell men to kind of go befriend men. Mm. And what happens is that women are really the drivers of our social fabric.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. Like society says that connection is women's work. Yeah. So if you think about it, a lot of women, especially for their families, right? You've made other couple friends or family friends. You've befriended people at school. You've befriended, even. I mean, even let's say in a spouse's office. Yes. You yeah. befriended other spouses,
0: yeah.
1: and connection is often really pushed as like women's work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And men can kind of socialize in certain ways, like at work or playing sports or doing a certain activity. But quite often, they don't socialize in a way that really leans into that support aspect
0: yeah, that you want from friends. Yeah,
1: and so then what happens is that all the pressure of social connection I hear from a lot of people falls on women
0: mm. and that's certainly been my experience having moved countries as often as we have it's me that goes and finds the friends and the tennis buddy for my husband and you know absolutely it's on my shoulders to do that and pave that way
1: I the biggest thing I tell people is one we need to acknowledge that mm. we, need, we need to talk about it like we can't keep ignoring it and two, I've seen a lot of listeners on my podcast, people who have worked through my materials, who as a couple have decided that social connection is a priority, mm, okay. like in their household, in their family, in their marriage. Like I know somebody who they, as a family decided that they realized dad doesn't really have any friends and that, and that like, this was Every the year. project. <laughs> Yeah. This was the, your dad was going to make friends Yeah, and he was a pretty social guy, but he had just really focused on career and coming home and being a really active father and connection had really fallen down the priority list. And they decided as a family that this was going to be a priority. And they would talk about it like people he had met or how he was trying to hang out with people, or maybe that meant he couldn't go to um one of their kids' soccer games. Yes. On a Saturday because he was going to go yeah. meet up with, you know, this having other,
0: to do that as well. Is
1: yeah, this other dad awesome. from school that he had gotten invited to this thing. And it's important to sometimes choose that. Yeah. So I think talking about it is really important. Women tend to Quite often, not always, like kind of instinctually do this. You've probably done this a lot. And sometimes I think it brings, it requires like bringing it to the forefront, deciding that it's a priority for men to really tap into it.
0: So what are you seeing as as people get older, women in particular get older and the empty nest and maybe retirement's looming, maybe it isn't depending on how old you are. What are you seeing happening?
1: Well, so a lot of people like, because that muscle is out of practice, mm. they are very overwhelmed with changes that are coming, whether that is being an empty nester, whether it is retirement, whether it is, I mean, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Cause I hear this a lot, like a later in life divorce is yes. that you have kind of neglected this area of life and now you have more time, you have more space, but a lot of people are overwhelmed with like, what do I even do with that? It's been so long since I had the space to have fun or to do things with my friends. What I tell most people is if, if you're ahead of the game, try and make it a priority. Like we were talking about with that dad, try and work it in a little bit. Yeah. Preemptively before the big life change happens, go out and join a group or reconnect with some old friends or put yourself in places, like choose those places. You don't have to go to the schoolyard anymore. So where can you go to meet people you want to connect with? If you can, you can be proactive. That's great. If you can't, then you're doing the same thing, but I don't know sometimes having almost too much time and space mm. makes it more overwhelming. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of overwhelming either way. So you can pick do you want to be proactive about it and have to figure out how to squeeze it in in the puzzle amidst everything else yeah. or are you going to lean in and do it and I think when you do have more space.
0: I think when you're using those examples as well, you know, it's about being proactive. Yes going and finding people like you. So if you like knitting find the knitting circle if you like walking find the walking group you know whatever it is find the people who like to do the same things but also making the most of the opportunities when you meet someone you like talking to and they say oh we should catch up sometime grab a time make make a commitment to make it happen don't just let that opportunity go into the ether you know actually i actually really like talking to you could we please catch up for a coffee? This is, you know, what works for me, what works for you. You know, you can instantly have that conversation and find a way to, to, to you know, cement that opportunity and, and move forward with that opportunity. Because I think too often we say, oh, we should catch up sometime. Oh it's, yeah. It's out there, but it never actually happens unless someone takes action.
1: Now, I like to say like you've decided that this is a priority in your life. So for a minute, you might have to be the one that takes a little more action. Because yeah. the other person may not see this as a priority yet. And that's not to say they won't value your friendship or whatever, but they may not do the work of following up.
0: Yeah.
1: So for a little bit,
0: yeah.
1: it might be worth taking ownership of that yeah. to make it happen.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. The other thing I was going to say that I think is really important, and I mean, this is for everybody, but I'm sure that when, so I'm in my mid thirties, I'm sure that when you get... Um, older, you've been married for a very long time. I mean, my husband and I have been together 14 years, so it's not, that's not a short period of time. And I think a lot about how we fall into kind of our patterns and our routines and like what's comfortable. And I had this realization personally, so I'll share it here. I think about where things are. The easy ask is what I call it. Yeah. And my example for this was that one day I asked my husband, I think on a Saturday or something, I wanted to go shopping. I'm not like a huge shopper, but I, I kind of wanted to go to like the local shopping center and poke around. And I was like, come on, please go, let's go. And if I take a step back and I look at it, he has no interest. He's not going to enjoy it. He's going because I, you know, he loves me, but I'm only asking him because it's he's right there. He's with me all the time. I know he loves me. So he'll say, yes, he'll sit outside. Sometimes other times he'll follow me around weirdly. Like it's not really actually that enjoyable. And if I take a step back, it's like, I really need to make the effort to actually ask Mm. like a friend who I know would enjoy that, which is not every friend, but there are certain friends who I know would really enjoy this activity together. And that's going to be so much more fulfilling. So think about where you're just leaning in to the easy ask or the default yeah, and try and examine that because that's probably going to make for a lot more fulfilling connections. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and that leads me on to my next question, because why would this be important? Why, why do, why does it matter? Mm. You know, having that, that right friendship group as we get older in life, why does it matter?
1: Well, I mean, there's the scientific reasons of that. They, actually, I just interviewed a doctor earlier today and she was telling me that when it comes to like the dimen- dimensions of wellness, that like connection is actually more important than physical activity, wow. wh- uh, nutrition, yeah. you know, there's stats out there saying that loneliness or lack of connection can impact your life up to 15 years of life expectancy you know, not having a solid group of friends and people around you. I don't think I'm not not talking like a friend group. I'm just talking about like some mix of the right people around you. It doesn't need to be like that TV perfect friend group. Forget that. I don't, I don't push for that, but having that is, you know, equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. There are health implications, but the other thing I like to point out is that We, well, one, we're all very unique, dynamic individuals, and we deserve a collection of people around us that support the various parts of us. No one person is going to get all the parts of you. Mm. So you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go out there and find the knitting friends or the walking friends or the travel friends. Yeah because one person may not like all the things you like. So go build a group of people around you who do. And Um, I always think
0: that when I'm talking about friends, you know, it's about sharpening ourselves as well. If you're not around different types Mm -hmm. of tools, different types of friends, then you become very stayed in your thoughts in the way you perceive things, the way you do things. If you're not getting that variety, then it becomes very difficult to stay sharp as a person as well. So
1: yeah. The, way that I think the, the other thing is like, we need connection. We're going to seek this out one way or another. And if you aren't proactively going out there and building this for yourself, then what I often see happen is a couple of things. One, you become really dependent on social media mm. because social media is giving you a form of connection. Like you're watching people's lives, you know, a lot about them, but they don't know who you are. Yeah. So it's really not that fulfilling Or people will put a lot of pressure on a partner, in which case, again, we're like asking for things that maybe they're not the right person. That's a, that's a lot of pressure or people put a lot of pressure on their children. That's Mm. the other thing I see where you're really asking your kids and maybe your grandkids to fill all your social needs Mm. because you're going to need to get it somewhere And you're almost kind of like desperate when you are with them. Mm. And what I have heard from people is like from their kids, from the kid's side of that perspective is that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It feels like a lot of pressure, especially as you're out here trying to navigate the world and figure out your own way and maybe build your own relationships it's not that you want to leave it behind it's just that it's a lot of pressure every time you are together and that gets really overwhelming so those are some things i've heard from people
0: yeah and it's a time and energy thing as well like your family's got time and energy to be there with you but for a discrete purpose not to be your social outlet wholly yeah
1: yeah and like I just think about it, you know, when you're out there and you're happy and you're doing things that you're enjoying and having fun and you have space for that now, and then you come back to your family, yeah. you have all these great stories to share. And like, they're so happy for you the same way that you would be happy for your kids for having these experiences. It just makes all the interactions richer. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So if we're women in a lighter second act stage and we're facing this this part of our lives we've talked a little bit about it what sort of tips could you share in terms of thinking ahead and getting prepared for this moment where we do have more time and we are looking for more connection
1: Hmm. I think people quite often focus on when when somebody tells me like oh I want to go make make new friends it's like, okay, to do what with, what would you talk about? What would you do together? What areas would you support each other in? What would you laugh about? Like, think about how you want to feel. Think about the things you want to do. Cause I think quite often people just get focused on this. Like, I want to find a really good friend Mm. And the analogy I use is if you were going to buy a new car and you said, I'm going to buy a new car and you walked outside trying to figure out which car you'd be really overwhelmed. But when you have some filters and you're like, I need, I need a car that fits a family of five. Suddenly certain cars no longer fit, right? I want a white car. I want a I don't know, car with a sunroof, whatever, like you have filters and we need to be doing this with our friendships. So if you're somebody who wants to go out there, part of the reason you might be really overwhelmed is because you haven't spent any time thinking about your filters. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it makes it so much easier when you're in interactions with people you've just met when you know, like let's use, for example, um, swimming, If I wanted to meet some more people to go swimming with, and I was talking to someone and they mentioned buying a new bathing suit or how they love to spend weekends at the beach or that they're joining an open water swimming league, or they do triathlons. Like there's all these things that suddenly my ears would perk up and I'd say, oh, oh, well, what are you doing there? You know, I'd ask more questions and I might realize like, oh, they could be my swimming friend. Yes. Now, a bigger friendship might blossom out of that or they might just be your swimming friend. But I think so many people just go out into the world thinking like, oh, I hope somebody likes me and they'll be my friend. And if you do just a little bit of work beforehand to think about the types of people and especially the activities you're going to do together, then it makes it so much easier to go out there and meet new people.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And in terms of, you know, breaking the ice we've we've sort of talked a little bit about it as well but a lot of women when they get older lose confidence in themselves so what advice would you have in terms of breaking the ice with someone if, if you're just meeting them for the first time
1: mm, there's so many different ways I could answer that question you know this kind of goes back to what I said before but a slightly different take so much of us spend a lot of time hoping that we're liked. And yeah. I think what's really powerful, especially well for women, but for anybody is to take a little bit of time and think about like, what do you bring to the table? Mm. What do you, what do you offer? Because so many narratives about friendship have this kind of all or nothing. Like you have to be somebody's everything. You have to show up in all the ways you have to, yeah. I mean, especially for women, you have to have like the perfect home and the perfect life and the perfect this and the perfect that. And we've broken some of that down, but I think people go out there to meet people, you know, thinking that if they can't be everything to someone, then they're not going to want to connect with them. So I think it's really powerful to think about what do you offer? Mm. Like, for example, I'm a great listener and I I mean, my friends say I provide really great advice. When it comes to like supporting someone, I'm the friend that will always cook. I also will always host. Always. I love having people in our house. I love to travel. Um, what else? I probably have a book recommendation for you. Love to read. So I think there's something powerful though in knowing like I don't need to be all the things. I don't have to be the person who I don't know, we'll go to concerts with you or yeah. run with you. I won't run with you. I'm not interested, but I do know what I will bring yeah. and like, let that be enough.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. And and knowing yourself. And I think it, it comes hand in hand with this later in life stage because our kids are leaving home. You know, we are facing the next act. We are facing so many changes to know yourself and know what you bring, I think has to be really important. Thank you so much for sharing. That's really important. If you, if anyone listening to this right now is going to walk away with one sage piece of advice, what is it?
1: That friendship and connection is built on a bunch of small actions, that it really is this habit and relationships are just a bunch of breadcrumbs that we're following that say that we care about each other. And I think that quite often we can put pressure on ourselves to think that we have to show up in big grand ways again, like do all the things, throw the, the party for their birthday that tells them how great they are to us and. Really friendship is just all about consistently showing up in small ways. So if you're looking at this and you're trying to rebuild, uh, connections, maybe this is something you haven't put a lot of energy in. You just need to, when it's not talked about enough that it's like trusting that if you just show up consistently over time, you will build what you want.
0: That's beautiful and so true absolutely true so alex is the host of friendship irl in real life podcast and if you want to go and start tuning in it's on all the platforms but friendshipirl.com is her website and look out for her book are we friends yet coming out early next year as well thank you so much alex i love your insights i love the way you think about this and i'm so pleased that you are able to share it with us today
1: emily thank you so much for having me and I think this is such an important topic to talk about. I'm really grateful I got to be here.
0: Thank you. And and thank you to those people listening. And hopefully it's the start of your journey to go and find new friends.